Shalom, and welcome to Via Hafta Yisrael, a Hebrew phrase which means you shall love Israel. We hope you'll stay with us for the next 30 minutes as our teacher, Dr. Baruch, shares his expository teaching from the Bible. Dr. Baruch is the senior lecturer at the Zera Avraham Institute based in Israel. Although all courses are taught in Hebrew at the Institute, Dr. Baruch is pleased to share this weekly address in English. To find out more about our work in Israel, please visit us on the web at loveisrael.org. That's one word, loveisrael.org. Now, here's Baruch with today's lesson. Serving God oftentimes is very difficult. It's difficult because we say that we are committed to Him publicly, that we belong, that we have a covenantal relationship with Him, that we are a new creation in Messiah. All of this is true. But nevertheless, we stumble at times, we fail, we sin, we rebel, and therefore we give a bad testimony. And people point that out. And then we repent, we want to walk faithfully. They begin to mock us, point out the inconsistency in our life. We take a stand for the things of God and we endure contempt from others. Now, this is something that King David was very familiar with. And the psalm that we're going to study in this lesson and next week is going to point out the difficulties that David had because of his commitment to God. A strong commitment most of the time, but there were those periods when David did not walk humbly and righteously with the Lord. And because of that, he suffered. But when he repented and turned in faithfulness to God, he was mocked by those. And therefore, David, he suffered greatly because of himself, because of his commitment to God. Being a child of God in this world is not easy. Well, take out your Bible and look with me to the book of Psalms and Psalm 69. Now, it's important that we remember those things that I said in our introduction when we look at the first half of Psalm 69 in this study together. Let's begin. We read that familiar inscription where it says, to the chief musician, upon, and we have the word Shoshanim. Now, my oldest daughter, her name is Shoshana. It means a rose or a lily, a type of flower. But this is not in the feminine like the term Shoshana, but this is in the masculine. And some have said it's a specific tune or melody. Others have said other instructions concerning this word. But what we do know is that this is written by David. It was relevant for a period of time, and I would suggest to you, much of David's life. No one is perfect. We may love God, we may want to serve God, but at times, we fail. Instead of walking and living in that anointing under the Spirit's leadership, we we gravitate to our flesh. And instead of obeying God's word, we transgress His word. We bring judgment upon ourselves and also contempt from those who say and point out, I thought you were supposed to be a servant of God and you do this. 
So David, he understood what it was like to be a human being, committed to God, part of God's covenant people, but at times failing and at times being mocked by the enemy. So he says here in the next verse, verse 1 in most Bibles, where it says, Save me, O God. And notice what David is saying here. He is speaking about the enemies of God, which are also his enemies. And the situation that he is going through, it's not an easy one. He says, for waters have come unto my soul. Now, unto the soul is an idiom. It means to the very top. It means that David is drowning in this situation. He is overwhelmed by what he's going through, and he realizes something, and this is good. We need to realize that, and that is only God can bring a change. He and he alone is the Savior. So David is wise. In this situation, he's not perfect. Some of the things that he is enduring and going through is of his own making. Others are not. But David is quick to turn to God for help. And this is a foundational principle. This is why David was so pleasing to God. No man is perfect except Yeshua. And therefore, when we fail, when our imperfections are manifested, we need to realize it's still the right time to turn to God. Imperfect people, people who are failing, people who are disobedient, people who feel so unworthy still need to follow David's example and turn to God and cry out, Oh God, save me. And here it's not necessarily speaking about salvation in how we normally think of that, the forgiveness of sins, receiving eternal life. All of this is related to salvation, but here it's simply deliver me from what I'm going through at this present time. It's a word of restoration. It's a word of overcoming one's one's current plight, one's current situation. He goes on to say in the next verse, I have, and the word is drowned, but drowning, in most English, when we hear drowning, we think someone has drowned and they're dead. But in Hebrew, especially Hebrew today, someone drowned simply means they lost lost consciousness, they are are suffering the effects of, of breathing in water, but they may not be dead. And what David is saying is, I have drowned it in this situation. I have drowned it in deep mire. And the image here is, and by the way, in the scripture, the sea is seen as something which is fearful. That's why when we deal with the New Jerusalem, it says there's going to be no more sea. That means nothing of fear nothing that brings us an uneasiness a fear being afraid so david is saying he's giving this in a poetic language he's saying i have drowned in deep mire and there is in my mud which means there's no no place to stand there's no foothold david is seeing his life with instability all around and he knows 
the only one that can bring a change is god and that's why it is so wise it is also an acknowledgement of our own humility and inability that we turn to god with that that same praise save us here david says save me O god and now we look at the next part of that verse where it says i have come or entered into the deep water and then we have a word it's shibboleth shibboleth usually speaks about like a a stalk of corn and we know that it has many many kind of branches to it where those those different uh, ears of corn shoot out and what he's talking about here is and we see sometimes a river has tributaries different places that shoot off from the main river and david is saying here using this term as water in many many different sources from many many different places this is the the significance of this term shibboleth it says the waters have overflown david feels as though he is overwhelmed with the things that are flooding over him continuously and he is at a breaking point he says look at the next verse verse 4 in hebrew 3 and most other translations he says i have been made to be exhausted david is spiritually and physically worn out he is at as i said that breaking point both physically and spiritually he has nowhere else to turn to but to god and in one sense that's a good position to be in he says i have been made exhausted with what my crying the implication is david is crying out over and over and over and this crying out has made him exhausted he goes on to say that my throat is and we would see here my throat is very dry some bibles will say parched it speaks of something that is is lacking that which refreshes so david is suffering in every sense of that that suffering can touch a person every aspect of one's life and david realizes we'll see this in a moment the source of this suffering initially is his own disobedience he is suffering some of the consequences of his unwise ungodly choices he says because of that look at the second part of of the verse he says my eyes and this next word means to come to an end it's a word of of being brought to a conclusion and it could be a reference to to weeping it could be a reference to looking for god to make a change to make a difference in his life he said my eyes are are finished and he says from hoping from hoping to my god or for my god so david is looking he may be weeping before god wanting to see something that gives him hope and he says again that hope the origin of it is my god he's emphasizing that he's in this covenantal relationship with god 
Now, we've looked at a few verses. David is crying out over and over, but yet there has been, as of yet, no response from God. Now, I hear that and I see encouragement because we've all been there. We've all needed God to move and it doesn't appear to us that God is listening, that he sees our situation, that he's interested in it. Let me assure you, he is. There's a timing aspect. So David, he is no different. He feels abandoned by God. And he goes on to say, look at the next verse, verse 5 in the Hebrew text, verse 4 and others. It's the word rabu, which means, it's a verb, to make many. It's a word of abundance. And we can translate it this way. Much more than the hairs upon my head are who? The ones who hate me for nothing. Now, here, David is saying there is a multiplicity of individuals that that truly hate him and they do so he has not given them any reason he has not sinned against them he has not in any way harmed them been unkind to them he is not guilty of any wrongdoing to them perhaps why they hate him is because David is loyal to God but what we see here and what we can know for assurance is this that there are many who hate him and the word here is chinam chinam without cause we use the phrase in hebrew today bechinam meaning it's free it's without cost or without cause this is what david is saying and he goes on and he writes they are strong not only is there a multiplicity but they are strong and what are they doing they are bringing the things of David's life to destruction. And they speak, he says, my enemies, what do they do? They're all about sheker, which is that which is false, lies, deceit. So David is in this world. He is suffering and he has many, many enemies. They are strong enemies and they're using their strength, their power to bring about destruction in David's life and they speak falsehood against him this is david's situation and it gets worse than this look now he says in this same verse he writes that which i have not stolen david has not stolen anything but he says but what happened then i will restore so david is being improperly accused and he's having to because of false testimony he's having to restore to pay back that which he has not stolen that he has not taken david in a public sense is innocent but because of lies deceit enemies without cause David is suffering from many, many different aspects, many uh, uh, fronts in his life. And only thing that he can do is to call out for God. Now, I mentioned in in these first uh, few verses that David is also guilty before God. 
where do we know this because up until this time we don't see that we see that he's suffering without cause that he is being made to do something that is improper he's being lied against there's full of deceit but notice what it says in the next verse verse 6 in the hebrew text 5 and others he says oh god you have known my foolishness and my guiltiness and by the way that word guiltiness is in the plural abundantly guilty he says from you i have not hidden that can also mean i had not denied now this verse tells us that david has missed god's mark david has sin in his life he has transgressed he has done foolish things and here it means foolish from god's perspective he's guilty so he's guilty before god he's not guilty before others no they are exploiting him lying against him being deceptive and david has no one that's helping no one that's standing on his side and again the only thing that he can do is turn to god and he says god you know i'm not perfect you know that i've behaved foolishly and my guiltiness remember in the plural abundant guiltiness i have not concealed from you next verse and he says i don't want to be a hindrance to others spiritually my concern and this is very important that you see this david's concern is not first and foremost of himself david is very wise here why because he knows how important a testimony is let me ask you a question do you pray every day whether it's in the morning or whether it's in the night hopefully both are you praying concerning your testimony that you bear witness to others through actions and words in a way that is pleasing to god david was concerned about his testimony and we see this in this next verse he says do not let those be ashamed be meaning because of me let who not be ashamed those who hope for you so david says i know there's other individuals that they have put their hope in you and now they're seeing what's going on in my life and i don't want them to be ashamed discouraged moved away from you they've hoped in you i don't want them to think differently because of me he goes on to say O lord god of hosts do not let them be ashamed on account of me so we have two different words in the hebrew language but they're synonyms that mean the same thing don't let them be ashamed because of me who those who seek you so those who have hope in you those who are seeking you do not let them be ashamed O god of israel verse verse 8 in the hebrew text verse 7 and others because unto you i have lifted up disgrace now what he means here is i have taken disgraceful things now here 
in my opinion, David is not saying, I've done disgraceful things, but I have suffered disgrace because of his trust, his faith, his obedience to God. He has borne disgraceful things because of his faith in God. And he says, I have been covered with 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 shame my face here face he's talking about his appearance his testimony there's people because of what he's going through people are thinking you know david must not be a righteous one david must not be a believer david must not be one who is faithful to god or why would he be suffering all of this suffering this reproach this disgrace going through all of this and what david is saying now in this this verse is this because of what i'm going through god i don't want anyone else to to lose hope stop seeking you i don't want to be a negative influence i don't want to have a bad testimony to others this is what he's praying about he also says next verse verse 9 in the hebrew text he says muzar haiti le echai now the word muzar can mean weird or it's simply from the word strange peculiar and what david's going through it may seem peculiar to who well read the entire verse we could translate it i become strange to my brothers and a foreigner to the sons or children of my mother meaning my siblings because of what he's going through now they don't see him in the same way they think david is different that he's strange whatever it might be they perceive him differently and the reason may be is because david is indeed suffering more than he's ever suffered and david has presented himself as he truly is a man of god a man after god's own heart yes he fails at time we all do but david had a great commitment and what this verse is saying is that people are looking at him even his his family they're looking at him those who truly know him and they see him different and david is burdened by that because he wants to be a godly testimony he wants to be an encouragement to others to walk in faith and he said don't let anyone be ashamed that have taken hope in you those who seek you don't let them be discouraged david wants to be an encouragement look now to the next verse now this verse was used by the apostle paul in romans believe romans 15 and verse 3 in regard to yeshua now it's very common that we see new testament writers being inspired by the holy spirit to take a verse oftentimes a prophetic verse or a verse from as in this case the book of psalms and to take it from that psalm and apply it to Yeshua. And what we see is that there is a relationship between Messiah and David. David and the son of David, which is a term that relates to Messiah. 
what's this verse well you probably are familiar with it where it says look if you would to verse 10 in hebrew verse 9 and others where it says for zeal now david as well as the son of david messiah they have a passion a zeal this word can also be jealously what does being jealous mean it means that when things are not according to what god wants you you want to change that you want to see it put back in the proper order so you are jealous for the things of god you want it to be as god does that zeal in other words and he says because of zeal of your house he says i am consumed he says because of my commitment and passion for the things of god i am consumed meaning the enemy is against me now we need to realize that this should be understood as a normal outcome when you are zealous and committed and passionate for the things of god you are going to see that the enemy is going to come against you and what are they going to do well he goes on and says in the same verse a word that we saw earlier that word for disgrace that word for reproach it's plural the reproaches of those who reproach you meaning those who are against god messiah has born it says have fallen upon me they have fallen upon yeshua our messiah but also david because of his commitment for the house of god now what does that mean well the scholars tell us that there is an inherent relationship between the temple the house of god and worship david was was zealous he was passionate he was highly committed to worship god and let me share with you just a very simple biblical truth when you are committed to worshiping god now it's wonderful to learn god's word that's part of a worship experience but we're talking about giving thanks to god praising god worshiping god exalting god lifting up the name of god extolling god magnifying god this is what this zeal is about and david is saying that because of this zeal he was consumed by the enemy they wanted to destroy him and not only that because of his commitment to god the ones who reproached god also wanted to shame and bring contempt and disgrace upon him next verse 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 11 in the hebrew text verse 10 and others he says i have wept with fast my soul so my soul has wept in fasting and there should be reproaches or disgrace unto me david is saying here i have wept i've poured out my soul before you in fasting and what's the result of that abundant reproach has come to him now there's two ways to to understand that one is this when we are serious about god and let me point out that when we fast regularly 
that is part of our our spiritual walk with god fasting that shows a commitment a seriousness a zeal for the things of god and for the will of god to be in our life it shows submissiveness relying upon god and two things we can say one is this when we fast sincerely and properly for the right reasons as david was doing two things can be can be the outcome one is that commitment is going to be opposed by the enemy the enemy is going to come against us mightily because of our commitment to the purposes of god and worshiping god the enemy and i'm speaking about satan he hates worship so he will try to shame us he will bring reproach he will work against us now there's another aspect of this and uh it's simply this when we go before god with prayer and fasting we 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 see ourselves one of the aspects of that is that we begin to see ourselves as god sees us and that sometimes can be a very difficult uh thing to to behold when we see ourselves as god does we see our reproach our sin our rebelliousness and this may be what what david is saying he's confessing and fasting does that it is a a better perspective through fasting we have a better perspective for confession of our sin he says verse verse 12 in the hebrew and i have set my garment sack meaning sackcloth david and this is why i like the the second uh interpretation david is fasting he is weeping he is praying to god and he understands how unworthy he is how how his life has not been a glory to god this is for all of us we all are in the same situation that we instead of living in a glorious way what does the scripture say we all have have sinned and fallen short oftentimes far short of the glory of god and when we fall far short of the glory of god it means that there's reproach disgrace shame in our life and the reason why i i take that view is because notice what david does the first word in this text is the word and it is a conjunction it unites what we've just studied with what we're going to study where david says i have placed i have set for my garment sackcloth it's a a term of repentance he says that that i have become to them for an example and i highlight that because it's so important this tells us a lot about david it tells us what he wants is this to be an example to others david is not trying to justify himself not trying to excuse his sin his rebelliousness his spiritual failure what is he doing well he says i am sitting in sackcloth and ash it is a public acknowledgement a a public confession of sin david's not trying to justify himself david's not pointing the fingers at others 
he's saying i am guilty but he's doing that confessing his sin publicly to be an example for others and what happens when he does that well look at the next verse verse uh, 13 in the hebrew text 12 and others he says they literally it's a word probably the best way to to translate it is to converse it's a term of of conversation people are having conversation they are speaking about david look at what it says they converse and it's not just about him it's literally being meaning they speak against me who does the ones who sit at the gate the elders those who have a a position of authority Yoshvei hashar is another term for the elders so david is saying they're speaking against me and also we find and this probably may be having to do with elders that are not uh, sensitive to god why well when we look at the parallel part of the verse it speaks about those whose songs whose melodies are of those who are are drinkers of drunkenness that's literally what it says drinkers of drunkenness and these are those who don't see things clearly so david is being ridiculed publicly by leaders but they're not godly leaders there are those that are influenced by their drunkenness this is what the text is saying verse 14. now verse 14 in the hebrew verse 13 in the others speaks about well it's a verse that is is oftentimes uh repeated included in hebrew liturgy what does that mean in the prayers in the synagogue and i want to read this first in hebrew then in english where it says vani tiflati lacha hashem et ratzon elohim be rav hastecha aneni be'emet yeshiecha such a beautiful term it says here and i my prayer unto you so david in the midst of this what does he do he makes his prayer to god over and over in this passage david is doing just that he's going through a very difficult situation some of it is his own making others has to do with enemies that are treating him badly without cause nevertheless david he is sensitive to the things of god he wants to be a a godly testimony have that witness and he says here even though the elders are speaking against him he says but i my prayer unto you o lord at at a time of delight what does this mean david is saying may this prayer that i'm making come to you at a appropriate at a pleasing at the type at the time of of your desire and then he goes on oh god in the abundance of your grace this word chesed now anytime the word grace appears whether it's in the old testament or new testament it's saying god grace relates to forgiveness mercy it's a word of restoration 
not just back to god healing that relationship that's part of it and it's a wonderful part of it but but the grace of god restores us back to the purposes of god the will of god so that we can do what god would have us to do so david is saying this yes i have failed but i'm also being treated unjustly by others even among the leadership of of israel and david is saying i'm turning to you god why i know that in the abundance of your grace there's going to be a change i want to be restored back to your purposes in my life so oh god in the abundance of your grace answer me in truth of your salvation so we see a relationship between grace and salvation and here again salvation forgiveness but also restoration restoration to the will of god so we need to understand god saves us we're saved by faith through the sufficiency of the cross so that not only can we enter into the kingdom of god not only can we have that that relationship with god through forgiveness but so that we can do the will of god fulfill his purposes that is a very important part of this salvation experience verse 15. david goes back now to a difficult situation nothing's changed he's still in that same situation that he spoke of earlier look at the text he says save me from this this mire and do not allow me to to drown he says save me that i should be saved from my enemies from the deep waters so again the image here is that david he feels overwhelmed by the activity of the enemy he feels that he has been just submerged in mire that the deep waters are overtaking him and he's at a spiritual breaking point in his life and what he wants is god to restore him back to serving him that he might serve god and be a godly example that testimony to others for the purposes of god he says now verse verse 16 in hebrew 15 and others he uses this same phrase shibbolet mine these different branches tributaries and such that 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 split off he says the the branches the tributaries of water do not let them just just flood over him meaning consume him cover him up he says do not allow me to be swallowed up by the deep do not close upon me the the mouth that is the opening of the pit now david uses a very important word here when he speaks about the the pit and he says here don't allow and it's the word bear which can be a well but but here it's it's like a place of of a dungeon and david feels that he's in a spiritual dungeon like he's buried in a well of water and it's being he's being submerged in in mud and mire 
Water, deep water is being filled around him. He's overwhelmed. And he knows the only one that can bring change to his situation, both physically and spiritually, is God. So he says, do not allow the the opening of this pit to be closed upon me. Verse 17, 16 and others. He says, answer me, O Lord for good is your grace as abundant is your mercy turn unto me now notice grace is mentioned through god's grace which is accessed by faith we also receive mercy and it's only after we have received god's grace that we can have a proper expectation that god is going to turn to us if we reject the grace of god we don't seek the mercy of god we should have no expectation that god's going to turn towards us and move in our life it all begins with grace that is foundational so a great scripture he says verse verse 17 again answer me O lord for good is your grace as abundant is your mercy turn unto me next verse and do not hide your face from your servant for trouble is to me quickly answer me now david is pouring all of his situation out before god notice how how he speaks he says in this verse do not hide your face face is synonymous with blessing the face of god is related to god blessing so when he says do not hide your face he says i need a blessing who is david notice how he identifies himself as your servant again the grace of god works in our life in order to turn us into a servant of god now apparently here david has not been serving god well he has he's failed god and he's being treated unfairly by others and the end result is this david wants spiritual renewal he wants god to move quickly in regard to the trouble that he finds himself within and then he says we're going to conclude with this next verse verse 19 in the hebrew text verse 18 and others where he says close to my soul is what redemption so god's going to redeem my soul now this is important because it speaks about how god begins his work with the purpose of changing us not dealing with the enemy initially dealing with us so we're in a hard situation we have enemies that are treating us unkindly ruthlessly perhaps and there's no justification in that without cause but realize when god goes to work to change that situation first he's going to change me first he's going to change you that's going to be the beginning the initial outcome of of god's response to us so close to my soul is the soul's redemption on account on account of my enemies 
because of my enemies he says redeem me but what's interesting is this the first word is the word ga'al it's a verb he redeems the second word is a different word for redemption it's the word padut in its verbal form and david is saying god how this word padut should be understood is god you're going to have to pay the price i i can't i can't deal with my sinfulness i can't bring about my justification so god in regard to all this enemies that are working against me i need you to pay the price for my sinfulness that you have to redeem me and if god doesn't do that nothing's going to change in david's life david realizes that so we see how foundational is redemption and how redemption it relates to the grace of god the mercy of god and a major major aspect of redemption and hear this because we know that that messiah is a redeemer what have we been redeemed from our sinfulness what does that mean what's the implication of that the implication of being redeemed from your sinfulness is that now you can serve god here's the problem many people want forgiveness but they're not interested in service there is an inherent relationship between experiencing forgiveness by god him doing the work that we can be forgiven our relationship with him is healed we experience that redemption it's all for a purpose that we can serve god that we can have that god-pleasing testimony that we can be a god-pleasing example to others carrying out the work of god the purposes of god well we're going to stop at this time with this first half of psalm 69 and god willing next week we're going to complete it a very important psalm that speaks to all of us about our spiritual condition and how we can have victory spiritually so that we can live in this life in a way that is glorifying and honoring our lord and savior until next week may god bless you shalom from israel well we hope you will benefit from today's message and share it with others Please plan to join us each week at this time and on this channel for our broadcast of loveisrael.org. Again, to find out more about us, please visit our website, loveisrael.org. There you will find articles and numerous other lectures by Baruch. These teachings are in video form. You may download them or watch them in streaming video. Until next week, may the Lord bless you in our Messiah Yeshua, that is, Jesus, as you walk with Him. Shalom from Israel.